Welcome to Managing Marketing, and today I'm uh, sitting down and having a chat with uh, Greg Sparrow-Graham, who's Group Marketing Director at WPP, Australia and New Zealand, and also uh, one of the people that I used to work with way back at JWT Days. Welcome, Sparrow. Thanks, mate. Glad to be here. Well, that was actually last century. It doesn't oh, feel like that that long ago. <laughs> You've just dated us last century. <laughs> no, but see, I... I when I think back, the way that media people reacted with the creative people, like we we bounced off each other, we chatted, we were curious, we sort of really worked together. To me, that's sort of it's sort of missing. I think. Well, you? I think yeah, that that was uh, nineteen ninety five, and uh, JWT had just announced. And I remember you did a presentation to the agency on the new Mindshare logo with the uh, the red and the purple. Well, Ogilvy and JWT, the two colours of the. Two colours of each oh, brand. Red and blue, yeah. Yeah, red and blue. Purpose. And then when it came together, it was the purple, which mm. was the mindshare colour. So, I mean, at the time, uh, I guess Asia Pacific was sort of leading the world because that was the vision to happen. But I think Australia and APAC happened first. So we were like the test cases. They thought that it's easier to put it together in Australia mm. and APAC than it was to do it in North America or the UK. Well, those big markets, yeah. you know, like the, and, and also very traditional markets, yeah. um, that perhaps they saw that there was greater flexibility. I have to say, though, as a creative person, uh, I used to love coming into the media area, and, and for two reasons. One is media always had the best uh, invitations to the you know, sporting events and totally. theatre and all tickets. that. We had tickets. tickets. Yeah. But also, um, because of that connection with the media... And, you know, the traditional media, but now the sort of digital media. Um, it's a place where creatively you could get up to date really quickly with what was happening in the marketplace. And I don't just mean media trends, but like the media content and stuff like that. Yeah. And I just wonder how creative agencies do that today. Because if you're separated from the media agency, how do you get tap into the media? Yeah, I think you miss out on that. I mean, I agree. I think... Now, obviously, there can be more of a formal process where these are the media trends and what's happening. But as you say, sometimes it's just the the sort of guts of what's going on or just sort of bouncing ideas that really is, is so valuable. Yeah. Mm. No, I think that's it's a challenge. Well, I wonder whether that's also part of why we're starting to see the two come back together. I mean, yeah. You... And I think, yeah, I think you'll see more of that. Mm. I think you'll see more of it. Especially, um, some are saying that it's data that's driving it, but I'm not so sure it's uh, it's just the data. I think uh, putting the two, it's it's almost like it broke, didn't it? When we yeah, I'm going to say I think yeah. I mean, I'm sure that you know, the, the media guys have got access to all the media data, but I think it's the creativity of the idea and and the two like strategies coming together that's the powerful thing and just. Just having that relationship. I mean, I used to, once again, I'd go down to the creative and go, is this possible? Could we do this? And then vice versa. Mm. So that real sort of bouncing around, I've got this brief, could we do this together? You know, really pushing the boundaries. So, 
Well, I remember at the time one of the things was, you know, and, and in Australia probably Harold Mitchell was one of the main drivers of this, that bigger was better. Yeah. You know, that if you could be bigger and buy bigger, you'd buy cheaper. Um, but that's changing as well. I mean, it was a big motivation at the time for people to want to go with bigger media agencies. But I think that's changing now. Yeah, I guess to me, look, there's still volume in scale, obviously. There's still is a discounts or added value. There's still, I think, there is still something in that. However, once you have all that scale, are you still as nimble? Are you still as creative? Are you as innovative? Do you then become like this processing workshop, mm. you know, that just sort of churns it through? Or so, a factory. Or a factory, you know, mm. that may be sure you churn it out, but is it the best quality? So, look, it's trying to get the best of both worlds, isn't it? Because, um, you know, some would argue programmatic uh, is... You know, you buy it whatever the market yeah. is, unless you can do some sort of volume deal, but that's only going to get to you a certain point in yeah. the introduction. Yeah, and once, once again, I would say, okay, the programmatic, once again, you've got you know, sort of volume at scale, but, but where's the human insights that goes, sure, we're, we're doing that and it's, it's effective and it's cost effective and it's automated, but is that really on brief? Is that really what we want? Is that the quality? Just sort of having that human oversight, I think is incredibly valuable. Because mm. uh, look, and the reason for uh, probably reflecting on that is that one of the things that you've been really good at doing over your career is winning clients. You know, not just winning them in the first place, but also keeping them on board yep. for years and years. I know at uh, Mindshare and then at uh, at uh, Group M and then at WPP. It's been a real focus for you. Why the attraction to winning business? Oh, I think the process, the process can be exciting. I think that obviously, depending on the process, it can be, you know, sort of full on, it can be, you know, um, you know sort of tedious, it can be the pressure. Um, but I think if you've got the right team, pitching at your best can be really amazing. You know, it can galvanise an agency or it's the lifeblood of an agency. So to me, when you're pitching well, you've got great people, you've got great resources, you, you know, all the smartest people come up with great ideas, that has a real energy and a real vibe around the place. So to me, it gives you momentum. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, the things that I remember normally is when an agency is doing well and that normally infers they're growing and winning a business. You know, has a momentum, has that feel or a buzz about it. You mm. can sense. Yeah, when you walk through the you door, you can sense they're doing well. Yeah. From the time you get into the foyer, yeah, you can just, you can tell just sort of feel yeah. totally. And the reverse is when someone is you know, not on a great streak or not doing well. I think the same thing. You can also feel the lack of energy, and you think these guys aren't winning. You know, mm. they don't have momentum, and they don't have spark or that special... That drive. That drive, yeah. Mm. So, um, you know, a lot of people uh, talk about defending a piece of business yeah. versus winning a piece of business. From your experience, do you think one's harder than the other or they're both tough? I think defending is tougher because you can't... You're, you're in a real situation, whereas to me, sometimes in a new business scenario you can vision about the future and what you can do together down the track. Whereas when you're the incumbent, it's 
day-to-day the real stuff, you know, and stuff mightn't go well or there's a key number wrong or something happens, you know, that you, maybe is really difficult to control. So it's hard to sometimes, you know, to show off your new shiny tools when you're stuck in the day-to-day. So I think if you can keep a big piece of business, and sometimes you need to have, you know, fresh eyes or fresh talent or sort of, you know, maybe you go, I always remember a new CMO, I would all immediately go into um, new business mode. Because as soon as I had a new CMO, I knew that all bets are off. They're going to look at the, look at our media plans in a totally different way. So we literally would have a plan of attack to treat that as a new business pitch. So funny you should say that. I've had uh, three CMOs in the last two years, new ones, say it's six months into my appointment and I still haven't heard from the CEO managing director of my media agency. That's appalling. I know. I'm that's just appalling. Saying, I, I'd be open <laughs> the first day. Like, yeah, that's appalling. Yeah. And and then they wonder why a pitch was called. Well, that's one way of getting the agency sure. leadership yeah, that's, that's attention. Right. No, I, mean, I would go, what's our first 60 days? Yeah. What are we doing? How are we, like, oh. how are we wooing them? What are we showing them? Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, cra- yeah. yeah crazy. Well, apparently uh, it was because they'd left it to their account management or, you know, their, their team to handle that. But I think There's it's important. There, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, the CEO of the media agency. And I think perhaps it's also because media agencies look, as businesses, look so big, yes. right? Because media agencies still report on billings. So it's a billion, trillion, gazillion dollars worth of billings, right? Yep. So they're big businesses, except... 95% of that money is usually getting sent through to someone else. Yeah. So the whole billings thing. And so there is the trap for a CEO to go, well, I'm in charge of a multi-billion dollar business, except it's not really. No. And I was going to say... It's turnover, not revenue. Yeah, and I would think that you would, if you did the, the homework, you'd know that your top five clients represent 80 90% of your yeah. revenue, you'd be all over them. And yeah. what are you doing for those? And particularly when, when the review's coming up or whatever. Now, um, incumbents, I, I agree with you, really tough if tough. you've got problems. Yes. Except that increasingly we're seeing procurement just call a review yeah. because the contract's up. Every three years or four years, the contract's up, we're going to go into a review. Yeah. And we've also seen uh, the marketers going, we don't really want this to go to pitch because it's going really well and we love the agency, but we have to do it. Yeah, that's incredibly tough because I would go, to me, there's the disconnect between procurement and marketing because marketing might be happy, they've got the right people, they spent all that time and effort with the homework and getting them to understand their business and then in three years' time, you, you would change that? I mean, it takes, like any marriage, it's going to take you a while to get over that honeymoon period and really get into it and then you sort of change. So I would go... It's a shame the marketing people don't, I guess, have more influence. Well, um, you know, they'll, they'll try. Yeah. They'll try and stand up to them. But uh, it was interesting in a yeah. couple of cases, I was forced to go to pitch all the way along. They're going, we don't want to, we don't want to. We're being forced to do it. Here's the single biggest uh, 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 trap or, or risk for the incumbent agency. They didn't want to do it, but then someone came along with a new shiny thing. Something new and shiny and sexy. And and whereas the incumbent not rested on their laurels, but played to what they thought were their strengths and talked about what they'd done in the past. And then someone comes along and goes, oh, look, we've got this uh, uh, 
uh, you know, and analytic, and data and analytics on yeah, yeah. this data so scientist dashboard, dashboard does this, and, and the client, uh, the marketers go, oh, yeah. that's nice, and completely forget about the relationship. Yeah. Well, you, I guess yeah, have well, you overcome that? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not sure I have the answer to that because I go, that's a human trait where someone that's not in the brief, but they've seen something shiny new and it's new and sexy, and they may just want to go with something like new. But, isn't but I guess as the incumbent, I would go, what else? Yeah, What haven't we shown them that the market is going to show them, right? Because everyone's going to have a shiny new toy, right? Yeah. Or what's, what's the latest thing, right? So to me, you have to go, here's what we're doing. However, while you're going around seeing various agencies, you may say, I think you've still got to showcase some of those other areas because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to be judged on same old, same old. Exactly. And you're screwed, really. And in fact, even if you don't have it, what you do is you say, some people are doing this, but that's yes. a waste of money. Exactly. Or some people are doing this, but that distracts you from blocking strategies. Yeah. Exactly right. Totally. When you're in a pitch, remembering back, in yes. a pitch with an incumbent, how important or how well have you leveraged the existing relationship yeah, on a totally. day-to-day basis? Totally. I would go every client meeting is part of our pitch process, yeah. right? If, so I'd gather the whole team together, right? So if the pitch is gonna be in, you know, you've got, you've got warning or you know it's coming or someone said, this is on, so you go, okay, this is the situation. That's what you normally present. What's the extra stuff? What's our extra narrative? What's our extra story? Where's the sizzle? Where's all the extra stuff we're doing? Where's the new creative stuff? Have we taken them to, you know, have they visited Google's campus lately? Like, what's all the other stuff that you know in a beauty pageant someone else may bring out? Yeah. So you just got to, once again, have a strategy around that. That's right, because I think um, the danger is a lot of people think that a pitch, and especially the tender process in quotes, is you know the be all and end all. In actual fact, there are so many ways yeah. you can influence that, can't you? Totally. I was going to say you'd literally go at what levels I can influence this level. I need someone else to influence this other level, um, and how yeah how are we leveraging all those relationships at various levels and everyone who has an influence on that process. What have we done to have an impact on them? So yeah, totally. And I know you're also very good at leveraging the relationships with the media totally. to know what's going on. Totally. I learned that many years ago, and I have to say from people, particularly in Melbourne, when I moved to Melbourne, I didn't know anybody, uh, and there were various competitors that had such strong relationships, and that you knew that they would, you know, Harold Mitchell could definitely ring up, you know, Channel anyone, Seven or yeah, anybody, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I didn't have that leverage. So I, my first few months was all about building that relationship. I'm not Harold Mitchell, obviously, but what else can we do? How can we do it differently? What else, you know, what, what other sizzle, what other bits can we do you know, around that? And as you say, the media are a wonderful partners. So you go, well, how else can we work with them? Now, it's interesting you said media are wonderful partners because I've heard um, talk from media agencies where they go, they're trying to keep the media owners away from their clients. Yeah, silly. Insecure. Why would you do that? I would... I would well, like, but, yeah, exactly. I would but actually they make it better. Re- I would actually go, put you together. We can be, do more together. What else can we do to add value to this relationship? 
and enhance it. But I, I think that's insecure. I, I would just go so on. you uh, go down a path of facilitating the totally. relationship rather than controlling it. Totally. Facil- in fact, make it better. Bring them together. Um, even work at what else, what are the other assets that that company may have that you can, you may want access to. So does that apply just to the sort of more traditional media, no, you know, like the TV it. networks? No, because some, pe- some agencies have, you know, inferred that, you know, the, the Facebooks and the Googles of the world are dangerous because of their, you know, their power and influence. They could squeeze them out of the market. And we have seen, yeah, them, think... you know, they're starting to do their own trade. You know, you can buy a direct client. You don't have to go through your media agency. I guess it depends, you know, whether you believe in the skill set you have. I mean, I, I've always been of the, um, the value that, you know, it's better to have that open, valuable relationship with the client. You introduce them, you foster it, you nurture it, you're involved in the process, and they have incredible resources. You know, I mean, the Facebook and Googles of the world, you know, the, you know, the number of workshops I've done at Google, you know, are amazing. Sandbox events and, and joint things, and we've sent clients on study tours across to their campuses and things like that, that I couldn't do that without them. So I'm very much, like bring it on, work together. Do you think it's because you have that attitude that the relationship is one of collaboration? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Whereas if you're a bit, you know, oh, I don't want them getting their hooks into my yeah. client. Well, then, exactly right. I think, and look, I see people like that. They want to keep the client sort of, they have, as you say, they sort of have the relationship and keep them with closed arms and stuff. I just think it's... It's, not it's, very it's funny that you, you just put your yeah, sort of arms no, like, like that, like you were... Coddling, yeah, like you're holding, them. keeping them. Like I have actually seen that happen in the U.S. Like literally, an agency surrounding a cl- one of their clients yeah, wow. in, at a conference to protect, <laughs> at, to pr- physically protect them wow. or, or build a barrier from other agencies yeah. and consultants and, and companies approaching them. Yeah. It was so funny. It was yeah. like literally wow. they were standing like this around and I'm going, is that the president of the United <laughs> yeah. States? And like they're, they're that's creating... the uh, uh, secret service? Yeah. They, there was this barrier. Did so you, you think... notice that? Because you yeah, worked no, in New York say... for seven years. Yeah. Did you notice that it was a lot more sort of defensive, protective? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Because if... If you went to an upfronts, you would make sure that you had all your resources there to make sure that you tagged each client, right? And that a competitor couldn't snuffle in there, right? Mm. I just think that, once again, is just, it's just a different strategy. But yeah, no, I have seen that. But it's the same thing, like you see a client and you're at, um, you know, you're at Khan or you're at the Spikes or something, and you know a competitor. You look over and back in the day it would be Henry, Tasia would be there talking to your <laughs> client, right? Now, you've got to be, I'm up for that. Talk away. Well, you know? I think you just look uh, incredibly well, insecure. Totally. If like, you're over, what are you doing? What are you doing? And try to break it up and you just come into the circle. And, yeah. Whereas I would be be confident in what you're doing. But then again, don't be naive and just go, well, you know, Henry's Henry's going to be there. What, you know, what um, story could he be telling? How are we going to block that? How can we improve that? You know, once again, still be, um, have your eyes open to know mm. that, you know, that situation could create, um, you know, opportunities down the track. 
Because um, that, that makes me think of another point, which is uh, a lot of agencies think that new business starts when they get the request to no. participate. Start- for you, where does it start? It never stops. Yeah. It doesn't stop. If I'm, well, once again, here's my little bugbear, that we, the media people go to all these you know, media events mm-hmm. and they all talk to each other. I say, get the F, go and talk to the clients there, like they're over there. That person there, they could be a prospect literally tomorrow. Darren could ring up and they could be you know, reviewing. So don't stay in your little agency cluster, get out, mingle, talk, engage, c- connect, so that when you meet the client, it's not literally in that, it's not like a blind date. Mm. You've actually constantly networking, talking, yeah. I mean, of course. Because you never know when a client's no, going to be open, so you, you never need to know. build those relationships. And also, you can, to me, you can always, you've just got to be there, you know, you can't sort of, yeah, no, I think every opportunity is like every day, yeah. it doesn't stop. Uh, going back to pitching, the actual pitch itself, you know, um, I think uh, the criticism of, of media pitches is often gets bogged down in the detail, which becomes very dry. You know, it's like the, the old days of uh, media and creative. <laughs> you get three hour, minutes at the end, right? Yeah, well, of the hour, you'd get 55 minutes on the cre- strategy totally. and creative. And then, totally. Oh, here come the Excel spreadsheets. Totally. And yeah. I used to always have a strategy because I knew that. And I'd go, okay, they'd say, Sparrow, you've got 10 minutes. But I knew it would be three, mm. right? So I knew that I would I could get to the story. I got to a sizzle reel. Or I got to showing the ideas coming to life. I knew that I, I'd... I'd get to those quickly. There was no preamble because you literally had to just jump in. Uh, And you wanted to be memorable too, right? You wanted to stand up. Imagine if you've got that three minutes that you got in a combined pitch. You've now got an hour or two hours. Sometimes more. So how do you fill that without reverting to, and here's our Excel spreadsheet that shows that by picking... uh, uh, non-peak day parts, we can reduce your CPM. I think that's the trap. Because I think if someone gives you three hours, the normal thing is you would fill three hours. I don't think you need to fill the three hours. It's what's your story? What's the benefit? What's the value? What are you going to deliver on the business? And if that doesn't need three hours, then so be it. However, just make it more interactive. Once again, you know how you engage the client in a separate conversation around what more could you do, or what's the real brief? You know, what's the thinking behind the brief? What's the real goal? What's the real? So sometimes, you know, just that listening to the client and opening, the, asking those open questions. Well, one of the things I uh, always liked, and I remember it to this day, is that you were very good at bringing media to life as far as fitting it into the consumer's day. Yeah. You know, you used to tell the story. <laughs> yeah, totally. and, and, you know, you wake up and then you do this. And breakfast then you radio. Breakfast and then you and do radio, this. And totally. then you're driving to work, right? Yeah. Um, do people was, still do that? The, no. the day in the life, it used to work. No one does it anymore. The day in the life. They we go used to the go. big numbers yeah. rather than the small insights because mm. the small insights lead to the big they strategic build. idea. Yeah. No, I, we used to always, as you say, you wake up, do the day in the life of you're impacted by breakfast radio, you know, the Herald Sun in the morning, and then you'd build the story. And then at 7 30, we're going to have a roadblock across all the networks, we're going to own the Sunday movie, or whatever it is. So Maybe the boring part is you wake up, you pick up your phone, and then for the next 12 hours, you do nothing but stare at exactly it. Exactly right. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's really <laughs> interesting, guy, because you say, How do you tell the media journey or the story in a compelling way now? 
Whereas most people just go to a chart. Yeah. That's pretty sort of mundane. Which doesn't bring it to life. Doesn't bring it to life, yeah. yeah in a way that the marketer can relate to. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen a lot of, uh, obviously, a lot of pictures, especially media pictures. And I have to say, they do immediately go to the detail. Oh, no. And yet, <laughs> the relationship is about building oh, no. uh, shared values and, and expectations yeah. and trust. And yeah. that's a big issue. In totally the- is. I, the number of times where people would bring all the analysis work for the plan and all the v- runs they've done and the cost of thousands and all, as you say, all the detail and literally, and want to show that. And I'd say, like, kill me now. Like, you know, if that's a client and that's how you're going to spend the time with them, that, you know, it, once again, very dry, mm. very st- stuck in the deer. Now, if someone wants to know that, I'm happy to show you that, of course. Yeah, put it in the put document. Put it in the back and, and go, take- if someone asks, okay. look, here, we, it here it is, right? Everything you want to know about the you know, cost efficiency runs in every market in Australia, we've done it all, right? Here they are. Mm. But you don't lead with that, for God's sake. Do you get into profiling, uh, yeah, and I mean, yeah, of course. profiling people? Because there are. Those that like the big picture, those that like the detail. Totally. Profile them, what personality types they are, what, um, where they've come from. Yeah, totally. Like, I'd stalk them if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would, There's I'd, a scary I'd, part. It's scary part. I wouldn't be outside their house, but, you know. No, of course. Uh, of course. I, I was just asking because, uh, you know, as, uh, as a consultant, we have often said to uh, agencies, you can ask us any question we like. Yeah, you know that, and we get very few agencies actually asking us. I oh, know. I'd say about can you pro- what's the client. Can you like provide or, a profile of each of the client attendees? Yeah, what they're looking for, what's their or past, even their names, or their names, like <laughs> and like they just yeah. What so I can stalk them on LinkedIn? <laughs> so I could, but totally everyone I meet, obviously I connect on LinkedIn. I just do. Yeah, that's I naturally. You're a networker. I would naturally do that. Yeah. But, but that, what I'm saying is that the things that uh, I think the reason that you've got such a strong reputation for your business building ability is that you do these without thinking. They're, they're, they're natural. Yeah. You literally, as I said, if you meet somebody, you connect with them, um, and then you hopefully start to build a relationship with that person, surely when you meet them, hopefully in a business or a personal scenario, you have a relationship with them, you're in a better place. Absolutely. Of course. I mean, it's like a blind date. Like, blind dates normally don't work. Yeah. So what's been, uh, what do you see as the sort of characteristics of a great pitch? Um, great, compelling story. Yeah. That brings the benefits to life. Like, what's, what are your benefits? What's in it for the client? We used to have, back in the day, that someone, <laughs> they literally would bring you know, a PowerPoint deck together and like it'd be hundreds of pages. And I'd go, we've literally got 60 minutes. You've given me 300 slides here, mm-hmm. right? And to start with, I didn't ask for slides, but you've given me those slides. What's the benefit of those slides? If there's no benefit to the client, that slide gets thrown out. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sparrow, no, we have to show this chart. We have to, sh- why do we have to show that chart? Evidence right. of industry. Oh, Sparrow, they, they I, I, <laughs> it can go in the document. It can go in the leave behind. Yeah. It can go in the appendices. So, yes, yeah, so compelling story, bring benefits to life, have chemistry. Like, how are you going to build that chemistry? I always think about the introductions and that chemistry is really important. Mm. Like, how are you going to do oh, that? We've seen some Some people just disasters. jump straight in and don't even introduce the team. You know, like crazy shit. 
uh, the three biggest mistakes yep. that we've seen. The first is uh, that the uh, CEO MD brings the whole team in and then talks for the whole time and they just sit there as warm props. You're going, who are these people? Yeah. What do they do? What's and do they have the point of view or what's their... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one is uh, that all of the team talk and talk and talk, but there's no point where they actually ask the client anything. Questions. So there's no way of getting engagement. And that's the, the third one. The uh, Sorry, the second one. The third one is uh, we literally had a all-male team direct all the questions to the only man from the client side and ignore the eight women that were on the uh, selection oh, panel. God. And when they it finished, the, the one-hour chemistry session finished after about 25 minutes. And as I walked them out, the three men from the media agency said, that went really well. And I went, do you think so? Do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, as I said, that is me. Basic. The really basic stuff, build rapport, connect with the client, listen, ask open questions to build that relationship. Some really basic stuff, mm. but people don't do it. It's really bizarre. Well, I think there's uh, definitely an opportunity for someone to uh, totally start uh, <laughs> Is this helping. Right? Can you please ring now? You know, one eight hundred. Yeah, no, no, but I agree. Like some, but also I think the other thing is when you're in a pitch scenario, you sort of people lose the plot. They yeah. sort of, I don't know. They just this craziness comes over them, and they get so into it that sometimes you just go step back. Like, you just step back a bit, take a look at the bigger picture, and just, like, what, what, I mean, yeah, what are you telling me? Because mm. I've seen people present, and then after 10 minutes, I go, I don't know, I didn't understand anything you said. Yeah. And, and, and they, they're this specialist in performance or search, and I go, I've been in the industry 30 plus years, and I don't understand any of what you just told me. Yeah, because it's all jargon. It's all jargon. It's all jargon. It's all graphs, and I just, go, I'm sorry, you lost me, and I work here. Yeah. That's interesting, that, because we also get that as a common uh, feedback, is that they... Because I think marketers um, fall for the trap of thinking that media is simple, and it's not. It's no, incredibly complex. It's really complex. Right? Yes. But the, that's why if they go into it and think, well, you know, you just find the audience, you buy the media that it reaches the audience, you reach them... Uh, 65% of them, three plus, three plus I'm winning. Three plus, yeah, yeah. <laughs> done. Right? Yeah, no. But in actual fact, the nuance is oh, so complex. Yeah. They're looking for people that make it simple. Totally. They don't want someone to make it totally. complex. And I would say most of the people in media make it complex because they're, they're, in, they're in it. You know, they're, they're, they live and breathe it. So yeah. that, you know, I often say to somebody, look, that's that's what you know. I mean, that's what you're presenting. But can you just like, wh why would the client remember that? Like, what would what makes that memorable? Well, uh, or interesting. I, I know Einstein quotes are uh, you know sort of passe, but he said uh, genius is making the complex simpler, but not necessarily simple. And I think that's I love a, that. I think that's I think that's spot on. Well, I think clients need to remember that totally. if they find an agency that can just explain how they're going to help them fix their problem in a way that's simple to understand. Hire them now. Yeah, hire them. Hire them like tomorrow. Yeah, because it's rare, isn't it? Totally rare. Mm. I would go, most people can't do that. And only the really good people can do that. Yeah. 
and you've talked about this before, is you know there's a difference between the pitch team and the team that's going to work on your business. Yeah. And a lot of clients go, I want to see the team that's working on my business. But you know, in your experience, how often do you have that team just sitting in the well, agency? Well, you don't. I mean, with your margins, with, with the cost pressures, I mean, no one has spare teams. I mean, nearly everyone's under-resourced. They're all stretched. So you don't have the dream team just waiting there. Like it's not, it's not realistic and it's not possible. So therefore, you know, you will have some people who um, probably are great presenters, but it's, it's really finding the balance. Because I go, if, if, if in the pitch the client has said, I want to meet the people who are going to work on my business, maybe you, the way you utilise those people is different to, because they may not be comfortable on their feet. Mm. They may not be, you know, fantastic at the beauty pageant you know so you really have to think that through so i would have a different strategy for that because mm. i know um there's a, a still a famous uh, trading director who got wheeled out in a suit and tie totally uncomfortable and was made to do a sort of word perfect presentation and yet uh, I, I still and this is a pitch from 10 years ago yeah, right. and, but to this day i keep thinking to myself if they'd been bought out and allowed to do a presentation in their own words, even if that's a bit Mark Ritson, and I think we all know what yes, that means, totally. you know, um, it would have been so much more compelling totally. because they knew Can the I market you, inside yeah. and out. Can like I, they, oh, knew, they totally. knew the names yeah. of every yeah, totally. sales totally. director of every totally. media outfit. Yeah, we had a lady at JWT that was the best TV buyer in Australia the best TV buyer in Australia, right? And she worked on the Ford business, yeah. right? She hated to present, right? She, but she was the best. So for instance, she'd say, Sparrow, I can't stand up. I go, I don't want you to stand up. If you need to sit down, sit down. Oh, Sparrow, I, 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 you know, I don't want to put the, the suit on. That's okay. Don't put the, I'm, I'm not forcing you to do any of that because you are the best TV buyer in Australia. Just show them that. In your real, just authentic your way. Yep. Exactly. Just do that. Tell me what, when I walk into your office and go, have we moved the spots out of that lay rating program into the news and next to the sport? And then she goes, Sparrow, I've done that yesterday. Yes. And then she just on the, tell, on the run she was, she'd already done that. Right? So see, an RFP can't communicate no, can't. that. Yeah. You know, you Which is a shame, right? 80 pages yeah. of answering questions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the shame because I would go, how do you add the human insightful factor to that when it probably has to be done in a spreadsheet or it's online or it has to be, you know, certain type size in a certain thing, you know? A real shame because then are you getting the best people? Mm. But what I like is every time you talk about pitching, you talk about storytelling. Yeah. What's the story? What's the narrative behind that? Yeah. That holds it all together Links and it, will yeah. stay in the client's mind. What will they remember tomorrow? Because yeah. I could know, for instance, a client, I mean, they're going to four agencies, right? And they've given each one three hours, like, kill me now. Imagine you're the last one, right? But they've gone there and I was going, so at the end of the day, what are they going to remember? It's not another Excel spreadsheet. Mm. It's really not. Right? That's right. <laughs> so, and they won't even remember the nuance of oh the strategy or no. a piece of research or any of that. You know? in fact, some of them, I, I had drinks with a client after they'd been in the pitch scenario. And I had a lot of drinks with the client. And I said, what do you remember? And unfortunately, 
they remembered they had really good muffins or it was a really good video or the receptionist was nice. Now, terrible, but I went, wow. Like, they didn't remember all those spreadsheets. Yeah. You know, they remembered the, the lovely receptionist who was warm and friendly and, and the lovely muffin. Well, I, that's why I find the, um, the agency that has a story or has a you know, point of view and spends the three hours building that story and is the one that'll get remembered for that. Yeah. Because I think that's the other trap, is trying to cover everything. You can't. You know, if they've asked you 180 questions in the RFP, you can't revisit those in no. three hours. And why would you want to? Like, I was going to say, imagine the client, like, they've actually been to four agencies, and you're going to go, like, by the second agency, we're going to take you through all the answers now. It's like... Yeah. Like, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> like... So, um, so there's an opportunity here, isn't there? Oh, there totally uh, is. Very soon, uh, you'll be available. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and as I said, some of this isn't, like, it's not rocket science. Like, this is not something people don't know. They just taking that to action is really difficult. So people just go into yeah what they know, what they're comfortable with. Well, I think your insight that people go a bit crazy. They totally go crazy. It's weird. Because it is funny when you phone an agency CEO and, uh, oh, it's Darren, I just wonder, they go, yeah, yeah, we're in. Yeah. And I haven't told you which client <laughs> or what for or how big or... And they go, all the no, questions no, no, you that's exactly fine. right. All the questions you should ask. Yeah, when I get the brief, <laughs> yeah, when's the brief happening? How long have we got? <laughs> yeah, it. no, people literally go. As I said, I find it quite a bizarre concept. They go into this weird, weird, crazy zone. Uh, look, I've just noticed the time. Uh, oh. We've run out of time. But, oh, okay. Uh, thank you. Thanks no for dropping by and uh, and having a chat. And no all problem. the best for the future. Thank you. Really hey, appreciate um, it. Before we finish, just want to know. What's the biggest disappointment you've ever had in your career?